Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I knew what I was going to do was going to be very special with my life. I'm an example just to show people that like, you come up from nothing. Prince had dedicated his whole legacy to celebrating women, celebrating women of color, and celebrating positive music. I'm going to uphold that. You're your own worst critic. I feel like you should be it anyways, but I, I'm always that, and I was just hating my song, so I was hating myself. Some people are at their cubicle job right now making way less than us. Some people are across the world in a goddamn sweatshop making like nothing a day, and we're getting paid to sing and dance. To sing and dance, that's a blessing. Artists out here, they're just willing to settle for anything. You know what I mean? And once you really to settle for anything, you deserve anything you settle for. Yo, this young murder. Yo, this is Lizzo. This is August Regal. What's good? It's Kehlani. This is your man, Blake Carrington. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Chetto. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today is Dynasty Williams, also known as nicknamed The Dyna. And she says she delivers energy like food for the soul, Dynasty Williams invites you to feast on the balance of unity and chaos through the flavor she describes as a rebellious hip-hop soul with a dash of reggae. In our interview today, there's another inspiring conversation. She talks about her upbringing, the mental health issues that her mother had, and in this song, new song that she has in video called Lost It, it's dedicated to mental health awareness and suicide prevention. She talks about the lowest moment that she has experienced through her journey as an artist and so much more. Dynasty Williams on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go. Please introduce yourself. My name is Dynasty Williams, a.k.a. the Dyna edition that hip hop soul with a dash of reggae. I start every year like this is my year Like the bullshit is gonna disappear Like I left all the drama in my rear Like I hit that nirvana Chosen to steer, so fuck it, I'm here Please do not cheer, it's not how it appears Too many years, too many fears Too many L's, too many tears I'm done I'm dancing on my balcony And they can't hear the melodies Most high, could you help me, please? Deadly is the recipe, but the drums keep haunting me. All I want is the R.I.P. Hip-hop soul with a dash of reggae. Rebellious hip-hop soul with a dash of reggae. What does that mean, rebellious hip-hop? Rebellious means that I don't look to anybody to tell me what to do. I just do what comes from the soul, and I, I stay true to that. Stay true to that. Yeah. And uh, what is it like staying true when we're living in the age where everybody is copying each other? And it's, it's oh, for some of them, it's working. You could, <laughs> yeah, you could tell that. I know. They're just doing, you know, maybe in a few years when this wave is gone or the trending thing is gone, they'll be forgotten about, but it's working. They've been rapping for a year, two years, and they're popping on SoundCloud. Yeah, exactly. What, how do you feel when you see that? Yeah, like, I mean, there's there's only going to be one future. There's only going to be one Migos. There's only going to be one Travis Scott. Like, I, I understand artists trying to, you know, sound like somebody who's been out and popping before them. But it's I feel like it really diminishes the craft overall. Like, it, it makes us look like, as younger people, we... Like, we've lost touch with ourselves, 
with our own unique personalities, with our own personal experiences, like we're constantly looking outward to see what we should be like instead of looking inward and seeing what we're actually like and allowing that to be our artistry. And I feel like that's really just brought down hip hop. It's brought down um, just entertainment in general. The entertainment value sucks right now. Mm. And how do you balance that? Because no matter how confident you are, how secure you are, you're always like, when you see that, you're like, damn, man, like, you know, how do you, you know, what are the conversations that you have with yourself when it comes to that? Yo, I, I've been there, you know, like when I was younger, yeah, <laughs> I used to look up to like Lauren Hill, Missy Elliott, um, Ludacris, like all these people so much. But at the end of the day, like I, I'm not Missy Elliott. I'm not, I'm not any of those people. Right. So um, what I've learned to do is to just sit down and really think about like I I would write down what it is that um, represents me in my life. So things that I know is true to Dynasty. So what's Dynasty sound like? What does Dynasty like to look like? What's what's my original style? What am I drawn to? Um, what things do I like to talk about? What things make me cry to think about that I absolutely need to address in my music? You know, like what things make me angry, all that stuff. I would write things down and then I would make music about that. So it always reflected who I actually am. So when people see me and they see music videos, they see all these things that I put out, they're never going, oh, she's trying to be like that person. They're going, man, I can't even compare her to anybody. She just is, you know, because... Man, that's what I've been striving to do. And it hurts. Bro, it hurts. What, what do you mean it hurts? Yo, all these other people are out here eating. <laughs> that, I hurts being original. I'm starving. I've been starving. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. I love that honesty. Because in the short term, yeah. it does hurt. In yeah. the short term, oh, man. it's like, yo, what's mm-hmm. my chance? In the long term, which may be five, ten years, who knows when that happens. Exactly. You're going to win, but like in the meantime, it's it does it does hurt, doesn't it? You feel like the you hear the, the hunger pains. Don't oh you? yeah, man. Bro, they're real. <laughs> they're so real. But we just stick to it because I, I couldn't live any other way. Mm. I know if I ever made any type of music that um, was copying somebody else, I would look in the mirror and hate myself. You know, it, it wouldn't matter if that that num- that single did like a million plays or whatever. If it bought was giving me enough money to get myself a mansion or take my mom out of uh, the situation that she's in right now, it wouldn't matter to me because um, it's not me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you have to face yourself in the mirror, and and you're gonna have that like that feeling like, oh man, I don't yeah. like this. Yeah, exactly. And plus, when you blow up for whatever that thing you blow up for, say you copy somebody, people that's what people expect from you now. Yeah. You've kind of like, uh, what do they call typecasting, right? When you're mm-hmm. that, play that certain thing, that's what people will look for from you because it got you on. Mm-hmm, so exactly. you got to continue that facade. Bro, that's one thing that I hate to, like, I never want to be put in a box. I never want people to know what to expect from me. You know, like the Dinah in general, like, again, my nickname is Dinah, right? So when people come to a performance or they watch a music video or they listen to a song, I'm welcoming them to the Dinah. You're going to eat. And the Dinah has no menu. The only thing that we guarantee is that you're going to get some energy and you're going to leave feeling better than you felt when you came in. Mm. So um, with that being said, 
I, I just, no menu, man, no menu. You can't box me in no matter what. I want to be like, you know, like you can't tell uh, what Pharrell's going to drop next. Like, that's a big inspiration for me. Like, bro, <laughs> he's always killing it, but you never know what's going to happen. And uh, But are you always trying to be out of the box just to be out of the box? Or because sometimes people are like, oh, I want to be different just because I want to be different. You mm. know what I mean? Is that, mm. what, I, is that the approach that you're having or... No. Yeah. No, man. I have so many different sides to me. Mm. I mean, like, like, okay, like I, I grew up in a community housing area in the West End, right? And um, where? in my area. Like, I, oh, I'm I going to ask you this go, question bro. eventually. So let's go. Is it <laughs> okay, East Side okay. thing, West Side thing? Where exactly? West Side where? thing still. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm from, I'm from this area called Swansea Muse. Swansea Muse is a really small block, right? The only thing you can so- associate it with are the two areas that are near it, which is Jane Strip and Parkdale. We're like somewhere in between that. So Swansea Muse is a small area in a very rich community, right? But everybody on the block still got, you know, the block struggle. They're like a typical, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> daily hood, hood things. Um, but the people that we went to school with came from houses, uh, came from, uh, you know, parents who also had cottages in different areas. Like, so we were constantly interacting with a whole bunch of different people, you know. So when I was growing up, I would ask people questions and Mm -hmm. I realized that, like, you know, stereotyping people or um, prejudging people, uh, it it doesn't work because then I would step outside of my home every day and meet somebody who totally just demolished every stereotype that I came into um, into that space with you know what and are some like common stereotypes that like so you're so you're mm-hmm. saying yeah there's the well-off area and there's the hood or whatever and you grew up in the well-off area or the, the hood? no I grew yeah. up in the hood okay. but we all went to school together yeah is what I'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, that being said you realize with certain people who had houses um, they weren't necessarily rich sometimes their parents were just as broke as your parents mm-hmm. but they had a house and they're just paying working all day to pay off a mortgage mm-hmm. or something like that. So like all these different stereotypes that you come into the that you come out of your out of your hood life thinking when we went to school we realized that that wasn't mm-hmm. real. They're still you know? struggling but it's a different type of struggle. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um and it brought a lot of like unity and just allowed me to like really um stop thinking about uh, what people are feeding me in the news and what people are feeding me in music videos and commercials and stuff like that and just mm-hmm. notice people for who they are. Mm-hmm. Well, the hood also has a mentality as well that can be kind of closed off. If yeah, you just stay exactly. in the hood, there's a lot of mans who don't leave the block. They don't. I know. Yeah. I, yo, bro, even on my block, there's still mans that are still there, you know, in and out of jail. And I'm like, yo, like, we, sorry, like when we went to school, because we all went to the same school, you you talk to a whole bunch of different people, right? But mm-hmm. some people choose to stay in that box. And it's, I mean, it's okay, right? It's just part of the balance. Some people want to step out the box. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. But So Swanson? Swansea. Swansea Muse. Swansea Muse. Yeah. West end of the city. And you talked about a little bit of your upbringing. So tell us a little bit about your, your household. Well, like siblings, mom, pops, who, who, what was it like growing up? Well, I'm the oldest sibling. Okay. Um, single parent household. Mm-hmm. Um Mom was an awesome Jamaican woman. I uh, had two younger siblings. Uh, my mom struggled with depression, so it was constantly like 
a, a battle inside of my home, you know. Um, we were always trying to figure out, like, how to find balance, how to make her happy. And I took on a lot of responsibilities as an older sibling that a lot of young people don't have to take on. Um, it made me responsible. It made me able to, like, definitely uh, be better organized and be, like, a good leader and everything. It, it did teach me a lot, but it was a major struggle at the time. Mm-hmm. You know? And how old were you and what kind of responsibilities were you taking on? Well, like... My mom tried committing suicide a couple of times when I was like, um, I was really young, like seven, like six, seven. Mm-hmm. And um, I I was in charge of making sure everybody like got up in the morning to go to school on time, which was like impossible because then my mom with her depression, she'd be sleeping all day. And then my younger siblings would look and be like, ah, oh, we can sleep. And I'm like, you know, like me trying to be like the parent in that type of a situation Mm -hmm. is just crazy. Um, So your mom being depressed probably couldn't get out of bed probably. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Um, We had some interactions from children's age, you know. um, Yeah, it was crazy because then after a while you just learn to lie to the system so that you can stay with your your parent. (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to be separated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But... After the age of 14, um, we ended up being, like, evicted from that area. And we started, we were in and out of shelters for a long time. Actually, for eight years, we were just back and forth between um, really small spaces in, like, community housing areas or wherever. Uh, And then we'd go back to a shelter, and it was just back and forth for a really long time. Uh, But, you know, like, it it definitely... um, brought a lot out of me i met a lot of amazing young people who are going through crazy situations just like me and it made me realize like yo the world's crazy and like the world is a really messed up place and i think everybody is just struggling to find some type of stability mm-hmm. and i want my music to provide that yeah to let to let people know that they're not alone yeah exactly like we're in this you know, you're 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 not the only one that's experiencing whatever you're experiencing through the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this. So you know, obviously a lot of struggle, a lot of pain. And where did music come into the play around that time? Like, I, I like yeah, anything, any type of art, like poetry, journal, and like any type of art. When did that start? Well, there was always reggae playing in my house. Okay, <laughs> there was definitely always reggae playing in my house, and I loved the music. I would learn every single line, every melody, every harmony. And what kind of reggae is playing in that? Oh house? man, like Buju Banson, I was in love with him. Um, Chaka Dimas and Playas, Beanie Man, uh, Lady Saw, like yeah, we we used to go in. <laughs> we used to go in, and I would memorize all the lyrics and, um, and also gospel. Gospel music was was a big deal. And I, I would just listen to what they were saying. And I started writing songs when I was eight years old. And I noticed, I started to notice that my songs uh, all reflected like what was going on in my life. You know, so it, it was becoming my therapy, but I didn't really understand that. And a lot of people who are going through crazy situations in their life, uh, they heal from having a creative outlet for it. And at the time... I didn't realize it, but songwriting was a way that I was healing from my own situations because I didn't mm-hmm. have a therapist, but I had a pen and I had paper. 
Mm -hmm. So was it more like were you writing stuff down and trying to sing it, or was it like just poetry, or we just or just writing it and that's it? It was on paper. Yo, from the yeah. get, the yeah. first song was yeah. a reggae gospel track. Okay, <laughs> a reggae gospel, a reggae track. gospel song. Okay, right. Um, I no, I I was writing to to perform it. Like I wanted to perform in church. I wanted to perform. I I performed at like a couple of people's weddings when I was a kid. Like I performed songs in school, which is cool because in school, like uh, at a very young age, at like twelve years old, I had written like a like a school like graduation um, ceremony song, and they would mm -hmm. play it on the announcements. Like <laughs> they would play it on the uh, in with the announcements, and like the whole school memorized the song really quickly um so i just had like a, a talent for it from a young age mm. and and where did it go from there like you just uh did it, you just kept doing that or when did it uh i guess evolve to the next phase i, mean, I was yeah. in it i was in it from yeah. yeah from eight years old i was like i'm singing and songwriting for the rest of my life i started seeing all these people on tv with okay. their music videos i was like no i'm doing this i want to yeah I was like, oh, Beyonce's doing this? Okay, cool. Who did Beyonce study? All right, I'm going to go check these out. Aretha Franklin, all these people. Motown, oh. all right? I was like, yeah, I was doing the it. homework. Yeah, from very young age. I just wanted music my entire life. And I just, I've wanted to quit so many times, but I haven't. <laughs> Hey, what's up, guys? I invite you to the Breaking Convention, which is the world's biggest dance of hip-hop dance theater. It's taking over Toronto June 23rd to the 25th. Two days of main stage events at a Sony Center featuring 14 awe-inspiring hip-hop dance artists from Toronto, Canada, and the world. Don't miss this weekend of graffiti art, cyphers, DJs, and world champion B-Boys and B-Girl crews. June 23rd and 24th at the Sony Center and 25th at the David Picat Square. You knew you're studying the grades, yeah. the music is all around you and all that type of stuff. Uh, so I guess when did you get the first shot or first chance or to take it? Like what was like the first memory you remember? Wow, this is like so far the biggest moment in my life when you're young. You mean in my... Whether you're 8, 10, 15 or whatever. I guess performing at weddings and school, all those are big moments. Ah, uh, Right? All right, you mean like a breakthrough moment, exactly. a moment where I was like, "Oh shoot, I have this." Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was seventeen years old, I I wrote a poem. Right, I wanted it to be a rap, but I was like, "Nah, I can't rap." Right, uh, I was, I had just transferred from uh, Etobicoke School of the Arts, art school, to Western Collegiate Institute. Uh, institute you know it's jane and lawrence area and i know you can hear like, some man's go boop, 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 yeah. right now in the podcast <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listening to this. yeah i graduated from western <laughs> western <Dunno. laughs> bum, bum. <laughs> but yo yeah so um i had just transferred to that school and i noticed like all the black people were actually living out so many stereotypes that i challenged like, i worked so hard to challenge while i was in the art school and it was really aggravating me like, like what? Like what? Like I mean, like really um, wearing the pants way pants, down low. Yeah. Like uh, the woman with like fifty color, fifty different color weaves, um, and just gossiping all the time. And you know, like yeah, the guys just being all about just trying to get in the ladies' pants and not even doing it respectfully. And I was just like, man, yo, guys aren't even focused on school, like. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy to me, and it 
it made me mad. So I wrote a a poem. I wrote a rap, but then I, I, you know, I decided to make it a poem and I auditioned for Black History Month with it. And they were like, oh, my God, like they're there laughing and all this stuff. And they're like, yo, that was such a dope spoken word. And I was like, what spoken word? Mm. You know, um, and a couple of teachers ended up introducing me to like the whole spoken word scene and all these DVDs and stuff. And when I performed it, um, my poem for the Black History Month assembly um, there were two assemblies, both times the whole, uh, audience was packed and both times I got a standing ovation and I was like, yo, what? <laughs> Cause it's like impossible to get standing ovations from, um, yeah. from anybody in Toronto. And Toronto. Yeah. That it's still is. the school face capital this time. Yo, yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I was like blown away by that and everybody wanted to like know more about me and I started getting like pretty popular off of it and I was like and also people like learned from it and they started challenging uh, some of the mm-hmm. stereotypes themselves you know so yeah like, I wonder when you're calling people out that like that if people felt, felt offended or like hurt you know <laughs> <laughs> the truth hurts I, I think yo for the most part yeah. I make I make truth very funny Okay. Yeah. So in your delivery. Yeah, exactly. In my delivery, I was yeah. constantly just making people laugh. Yeah. So. Um, okay. The tone is very important. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. So even when I'm mentioning those like five different color weaves and stuff like that, like, yes, all the people in the audience are like, bop, 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 bop. Um, but then the ladies who have those weaves and were still like, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> 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 but me like me green weave. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all good. And so uh, I'm assuming because, you know, I've seen you perform live, you're, you're live with your energy, something else. So like, mm. uh, like how many shows have you done? Like so far, would you say like, what is your live show like to the people who haven't been, haven't seen you live? The live shows are all about energy. I feed you. If you come to a dynasty show, if you come to the diner, you will be fed that energy. Um, I put in a lot of work uh, behind the scenes to make sure that I'm not even concentrating on anything else except for just tapping into people um, and lifting their energy when I get there. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you're going to hear some reggae, you're going to hear some soul singing, you're going to hear some hip-hop bars. You know, you're just you're just going to, you're going to be fed. Mm-hmm. You're very versatile, like in terms of the sounds and that probably, how does that serve you, would you say? When you're giving people all these different sounds, what is the crowd's reaction like? The people are like, some people taken back, like, yo, mm-hmm. what is this? Ah, uh, yeah. You know what's funny is yeah. I, I never get um, people who don't like a performance. It might be like, yo, I, I can't, I don't understand it, but that was dope. <laughs> you know? Um, but I, I find for the most part, people are excited by it because it's different, because it's outside of the box. Um, like, all, all we really need right now is funds, but aside from that, we've been we've been very good at like getting the message out, um, staying true to who we are as a team, um, and just like really working hard in our artistry. And I think it's showing, and the crowds are really loving it. Mm-hmm. Done the places that song, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the crowd favorite. That's the the energy of that song. Something else is just Thank you. oh my god. 
Yeah, yo, but the critics, the critics don't like it. But all the young people, every time I perform it, they think it's dope. The critics don't like what the yeah, actual critics song? Critics never know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's not until they come to a show and they see what how people respond and they're like, oh, shoot, maybe there is something to this. Mm-hmm. But because it's so different, like, everybody just doesn't. Yeah, there's can. there's something to say about live shows and certain songs live are just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's exactly. just something else. Uh, so you have a new song out called Balcony. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is uh, the first single off your upcoming album, The Dinah. So people, because they might think you're saying The Dinah, it's D-Y-N-A, not like Dinah, D, Diner or whatever. Yeah, Because you're yeah, saying yeah. I'll feed you. Dinah. Dinah, like, I've, you like know, you're I've, from J-A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is that song Balcony about? There's a video for it too that mm-hmm. people can check out right now on YouTube. What is that song about? That song is about just working through all of your issues especially as creatives and of you know fighting to stay here when everything gets crazy and you want to you know you're just tired of life and you just want to break from everything it's that song where you get to just sit back and relax and say yeah I'm going crazy right now yeah I'm losing it yeah I feel like I don't want to be in this world anymore um, yeah, I'm getting tired of this industry. I'm getting tired of creating. I'm getting tired of being different and actually staying true to who I am. But um, I'm going to continue to do this. And it's okay that I'm losing my mind. It's okay. You know, mm. it's okay that I'm feeling crazy and lost in life. I'm just going to keep doing this. You know, it's that it's that song that just encourages people to keep going, especially creatives. Yeah, and I think in that video, it's a, uh, there's a caption that says creative people are 25% more likely to experience a mental disorder. Yeah. Why do you think that is? It's because we think outside of the box. You know, creatives have to know people. You know, they have to dive in and understand how to hit people, how to impact them in some way. Right. And when you start to like realize how people are and why they're that way, like how the world has impacted them and how messed up the world is, it's hard sometimes to continue going on because you see the truth. Right. You're not all caught up in a facade. It's not like a constant commercial to you. You see what what's really going on in the world. And sometimes that drives people nuts. It makes people depressed. It makes them not want to be here. Um, And creatives are very very in tune with that so um this song it's not just dedicated to them but as a creative you know that it kind of comes out Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but um it's just dedicated to people in general who are experiencing a difficult time in their lives and they just need some healing Uh, i find that creatives are sensitive yeah to their environment are you do you feel do do you think that's true yeah yeah like you're in tune yeah yeah you kind of have to be kind of try not to be too in tune because you <laughs> drive you nuts <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're talking but, about when you know the truth that uh the, the world is can be so cold so mm-hmm. cruel that uh you could you could just stop you could just be depressed you could just not want to continue not care yeah um that's why all these artists are having breakdowns you know, like you hear about an artist, what like every month time, having yeah. a having a breakdown, some some type of crisis because they see it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But you know that's why we make music. That's why we're here. Uh, that's why we continue to push through, right? So, 
uh, just remember that you're not alone in these situations. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yeah, talking about mental health, uh, suicide, and uh, uh, why do you think these these topics are tab- uh, taboo, in, especially in our community? You know, everybody wants to feel like they're they're strong, and that nothing can touch them, and they don't care what anybody has to say about them. They're the best, and. All, all this stupid pride stuff that doesn't actually help you at the end of the road. Um, and we we do that because, you know, the, the person that seems to have the most confidence or seems to have, like, themselves together the most is one that everybody seems to be drawn to. And they're, oh, they're so happy. Oh, they have the biggest following. Oh, um, they stand their ground no matter what anybody says about them, right? But... In reality, like we all have a balance to ourselves. Sometimes we're going to be confident. Sometimes we're going to be insecure. Sometimes we're going to be happy. Sometimes we're going to be de- extremely depressed. And if you don't embrace both sides, I think that um, at some point you break down. You really break down. And I think that's what happens to some of these celebrities that we see is they they try to lie to themselves so much that at some point the truth catch, catches up with them and they just... Psh- breakdown mm-hmm. but if you don't want to end up having that major breakdown that you keep seeing your idols have stay balanced from the beginning embrace both sides embrace taking care of yourself and embrace knowing when you're having those really negative thoughts that are starting to multiply in your head and is causing you to come to a point where you might have a breakdown you know and take some time off from uh, your pursuits your business pursuits and trying to be a professional and just go and be a real person and take care of yourself and do things that make you truly happy. We don't take enough time to be truly happy in our lives, too mm-hmm. caught up in trying to be professional. Mm-hmm. And how do you like stay balanced? How do you take care of yourself? I have to start my day by just grounding myself. I have, you know, certain mantras. They change all the time that I say in the morning. Um, like I meditation and stuff. Yeah, like that. I'll like med- yeah. yeah, I meditate. I make sure that at least once a week I go and chill with people that I love. Mm. Like at least once a week. How I important is to. that? Because so, uh, uh, creatives and artists sometimes uh, can can cut themselves off. Yeah, that's right? that's the thing for entrepreneurs in general. Like all all people that are really about their business and want success, we tend to neglect our personal life, but. Listen, you're you're in business and you're doing all of these things so that you can help all of those other people. But those people want you to be around. There's nothing that you can do more for them um, than to show up sometimes, you know, like show up, have a conversation with them, um, chill, you know, and there's nothing better that you could do for yourself. Because when you have that chill time with your family or your friends or the people that you care about or you have that time where you go out and do something that you love, you have way more energy to go back out and do your artistry and grind and get your work done. Right. But if you don't take that time out, it catches up, man. And all those people hate you later. <laughs> I connect Dude. with you on that as as well, too, as a person who is very, you know, ambitious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I might be focused on my grind because I, I'm like, I have so much to do or I'm like so focused towards the goal that, um, that um, you know, when I hang out with my loved ones, mm-hmm. I do get that energy 
Yeah, I do remember why I'm doing it. Exactly. And uh, it's pretty. And because we were like, oh, don't worry. Like you know, I'll chill with you soon. I gotta get this. Exactly. I gotta get this. I and once I get soon, this, yeah, that soon starts off with yeah. like, oh yeah, I'll see you in like a week to like a month to a couple of months to a to like once a season to like once a year. It just continue. You keep pushing them back, right, to get that success, and then you forget why you were in to do it in the first place and who the first people that were around you encouraging you to go and get it were like you forget who they were mm-hmm. you know so what is the feedback that you've been getting from the song and from listeners about the song and the music as well i've been getting a lot of messages in my inbox and through texts um, and just on the street from strangers uh, coming up to me just mentioning how much the song has touched them and the music video is so real and raw and um and so, uh, what's that word I'm looking for? Uh, where you're so like completely honest, although vo- vulnerable. vulnerable. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and they really appreciate the fact that I was willing to to do that. Um, but I feel like, man, it's just real. <laughs> but when you hear yeah. those things, what is, what does it do for you? It, it makes me remember why why I need to continue doing this and why I absolutely can't give up, not for just myself, but for everybody that is actually being touched by this. The fact that you guys are inboxing me saying like, oh man, I was having such a down day and I don't even know what I would have done if I didn't hear this song. Like stuff like that is like, whew, you know, brings a little tear to my eye, (laughs) you know? Um, I really appreciate it. All the love that the song's been getting. Thank you if you are a fan and you've been uh, supporting me and have been watching my music videos and sharing my music. I really appreciate it. And I can't I can't state this enough. Like, I don't know what I would do without you guys. Like, there's no music if you guys aren't sharing it and liking it and telling other people that you've been touched by it. So, thank you. Mm. What's up, guys? If you don't already know about Way Home, it's happening July 28th to the 30th, featuring Frank Ocean, Solange, Schoolboy Q, Russ, Danny Brown, Jazz Cartier, No Name, and so much more. It's happening July 28th to the 30th. Tickets and camping are now available at wayhome.com. Make sure you subscribe to our email newsletter as well, too, for more information. We got a huge contest coming up with Way Home Festival. You've talked, I think, a few times about you thought of maybe uh, quitting frustration. That's, you know, everybody has that as a creative. There's been lots of stories from artists who, you know, just are question why they continue to do things. Can you can you give, can you give me a, to- a story, a moment in time when you're like, yo, why am I doing this? Is, is there a point? Can you share a story with me like that? Have you had mm. an experience like that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I- I'll tell you. There were in the music video. There's uh, Nigel. Shout outs to Nigel. Really dope. Nigel Edwards. Really dope. And the balcony dancer. Music video. Yeah, in the yep. balcony music video. Yeah, he is on the balcony at Jane and Finch, and um, Jane and Finch has this restaurant. I'm not going to name it right now, but I was working at this restaurant at the same at this time in my life. Uh, I had just dropped out of school. High school, college? Dropped out of the University of Windsor. Mm-hmm. Right, so I had just dropped out of school. I was like, man, nothing makes me happier than music. I'm just going to pursue that. So I dropped out of school. 
Um, my family had just, we had all ended up back in a shelter again uh, in Scarborough because that was the only location that they, that we had uh, space for us. So we were living in Scarborough. Um, I was working at Jane and Finch, so I was traveling this long distance uh, to get to work every day. And while I was uh, there twice in one week, the subway just wasn't working in the East End. I don't know what's going on with the TTC in the East End. Bro. Is it the RT? Oh, or, my uh, gosh. No, I have to, yeah, I have yeah. to get on the RT, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but I'm just saying the actual subway in the yeah. East at that point was yeah. like hell on earth. Like, mm. So I ended up being like I would leave so that I would be half an hour early at least to get to work every day. Mm. But then I ended up being like a whole hour or an hour and a half late. Um, two days in one week. So they fired me, right? And I, I remember um, going home to the shelter, uh, to my family, and, um, like, I was standing outside, actually, standing outside of the shelter, and I had just, ha- like, lost my bus pass. Sorry. You lost I, your... Yeah, exactly. Which, I had what, just metro lost pass? My, my metro pass. Which is, yeah. like, $140. Bro! so so i'm walking around like looking for my metro pass and like freaking out because i'm like man i just lost my job i just lost my metro pass we're in a shelter how am i gonna like i was the only person that was doing any type of providing for my family like what the hell am i gonna do why did i think that i could just pursue music and uh think that that was gonna be okay and i I, like i was just on the street corner like crying (laughs) you know like one of those times where you just you don't even care who sees you um people came up to me a couple of times asking if i was okay i was like just don't touch me (laughs) you know um and i sat down outside for a while and just like I cried until I felt like all of the weakness of that situation had left me. You know, I think that's one thing that men uh, are, are missing from their lives is the fact that when you cry, you release a lot of stuff and you can continue on. Like it actually allows you to be stronger, right? At that moment, I, I cried until I couldn't cry anymore. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna get my act together. Time to go back to the shelter and figure out where I'm gonna get another job. You know, and um, at that point I said, you know, I've I've been through so many different things, though, in my life that I have to make this music stuff work for me or all of this would have been in vain. So it was like just back to writing, back to the therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that like, yo, like so like you were just crying in the street. Yep. And it, not did you feel better? Morningside and Ellesmere. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, <laughs> did not care. Thank you for sharing that story. No problem. So the album, the Dinah, mm-hmm. uh, it, you said it's considered a sonic medicine provided as food for the soul due to the good medicine being so inaccessible in our world. What does that mean? Yeah, good, good medicine is hard to find. Uh, even people that have different mental illnesses they're constantly like whenever they go to the doctor they're prescribed these pills and a lot of these pills actually change things in your brain but then there's no scientific um, explanation for what uh, mental illnesses actually do like there's no nothing in your brain shows 
like there's nothing in your brain that can signal a mental illness, you know. But then there are things like when you take a med, uh, any type of these, well, fudge. <laughs> Whenever you take one of these pills, um, it does affect your brain, right? So the fact that uh, there's no evidence of a mental illness in your brain, but then these pills affect your brain. Sometimes these pills don't work. You know, sometimes they cause different problems to show up in, in your patterns and the way that side you think. Yeah, whatever. exactly. All these crazy different side effects. Um, sometimes they cause a totally different mental illness, right? Uh, also with ganja, sometimes people uh, self-medicate, but then they don't know what type of ganja they should be smoking, mm. right? You know, and there's not enough... Uh, descriptions out there for people to know what they should be getting when they go to these dispensaries and stuff like that like it's it's really hard to find the medicine that will work for you some people don't need any of that some people just need to stay away from like work and trying to live up to other people's standards and sit down in their house and meditate for two hours a day some people like just need to go out and have some type of a creative outlet like everybody has a different way that they they can balance themselves right and um Man, I forgot what the question was. Yeah. But oh, the, yeah. The so, yeah, medicine. Yeah. Yeah, good medicine is hard to find cuz you don't know what medicine's going to work for you for a long time. Sometimes you got to search like crazy until you find that. But this this song is medicine for a lot of people. And I want my music in general to always be medicine for people. Whether I'm making you get turned up or I'm making you cry and self-reflect or I'm making you let go of stuff that you've had in your past, I want it to feel like medicine all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because music is can be medicine. Music is therapy and mm-hmm. has healing properties. Yeah. Uh, what does music mean to you, Dynasty? It's music is therapy. <laughs> it's therapy it's my creative outlet it's that communication that is worldwide that needs no explanation it just is it's pretty much it and what sacrifices have you made to make music to continue to make music and I was one of those kids that was told from a young age that I could do anything like I was super smart I was very likable. I could have pursued anything. And I chose one of the hardest professions of life. <laughs> Man. Um, there's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. There, It's constantly changing. You have to be on your toes all the time. There's lots of pressure. But I feel like it's also the only thing that could keep me interested. Um, and... Yeah. Engage. Yeah, exactly. Help you grow in all different Exactly. Areas. And constantly, yeah, constantly challenges me. So I'm constantly growing. And I just, I love it. I love it so much. I consider myself a hip hop artist, not just for like rapping, MCing, but as a master of the ceremony and as like a representative of hip hop culture, period. Because mm-hmm. I, man, I, I, come, I come from where hip hop comes from. What is inspiring you? anything in life it doesn't have to be music Mm -hmm. what what i'm inspired by lately is how much pain people are in like well so many people are holding so much baggage and they don't know what to do with it right Uh, i've been (laughs) 
man, like I'm at I'm at a point now with my intuition. Like I, I mean, I talk to people, and even if they have a smile on their face, I'll be like, yeah, what's wrong? And then you know they'll just start pouring their hearts out to me, and I just like. Whenever I have these conversations with people, it just makes me think more and more like we we need we need some changes in uh in the world in the focus um of what's going out on radio and what's being fed to us in commercials and TV shows. We need some some more focus on things that will help people actually be genuinely happy. And I want to be one of the people that provides that. You're being the change that you want to see in the world. Yeah, exactly. But what is it about uh, humans that we kind of gravitate to ignorant music? Sometimes when that pure positive song comes out, it just doesn't do well as that Molly Percocet song. It's just there's 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 stats to back that up. Right when it's yeah. like when you're yeah. like about love, authenticity, like peace, all that type of stuff, it doesn't get as many views as the other thing that is like talking about, you know, yeah, negativity. The, That's what is it about that? There's something about human nature that I'm noticing that is attracted to that. Yeah, what is it? Man, because we want to forget that nobody wants to dive into their problems all the time, every day, every day. Um, but here's here's the thing about it is like. I feel like with my music, like Done the Place, for example, is is one of those uplifting songs. It's one of uh, those songs that makes you forget about your problems, but the, at the same time, it inspires you to keep pursuing whatever you're going for it and to continue to Done the Place in whatever your area of pursuit is, right? So um, I've, I, like, I like having that balance between allowing people to forget about their situation, but then at the same time helping, inspiring them to push through whatever their situation is. You know, um, yeah, I, Molly Percocets, like those are drugs that help you forget how depressed you are. And I'm one of those artists where I say, no, 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 you're going to remember how depressed you are and I'm going to help you with that and we're going to turn up right now because we're celebrating the fact that you're getting through this crap. Mm. Damn. <laughs> Is there anything else that you want to say to the people who are listening right now, Dynasty? I want to say that, yeah, if you if you support me, if you like this interview and you support a sister, please go follow me on Instagram or Twitter or something because my numbers are mad low. <laughs> and y'all are really bad at following Toronto artists when you like them. So I'm just saying at Dynasty, D-Y-N-E-S-T-I or go to my website, Dynasty.com, D-Y-N-E-S-T-I and uh, sign up to my mailing list. You know, I, I really like to connect to you guys and I want to know more about what you are feeling, what you would like to see from me and what you're going through in your life so I can offer some good food for y'all. Thank you for the conversation and thank you for doing what you're doing, Dynasty. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed this conversation, but we need more voices like you. Just know that you, you are making a difference. Uh, thank uh, you. And um, I'm happy to tell people about you and I hope the people who are listening right now follow I just followed <laughs> thank you thank you Shadow. <laughs> I appreciate it your sister needs numbers but she can't make any moves 
<laughs> Dynasty Williams on the Come Up Show. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Dynasty Williams on the Come Up Show podcast. Please check out her new music video, Balcony, You Lost It. Give her a follow on SoundCloud, taking her music. This is an artist that you should support. And if this is your first time tuning in to the Come Up Show podcast, check out our previous interviews. Subscribe right now. We're on all platforms. All the information is available in the podcast description. My name is Chetto. Thank you for listening. I'll catch you on next Wednesday. Peace. <laughs>